Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast all things ocean. I'm your host, Jill. Water Women Podcast is so excited to be partnering with Caitlin McCall, an eco-conscious diver, for the launch of the new course, A Complete Introduction to Marine Conservation. Trying to learn more about marine conservation and how to implement it into your own everyday lives can be very overwhelming. There's lots of rabbit holes and misinformation that can be found on Google, but this step-by-step guide from Caitlin is the best place to start and allows you to make marine conservation a part of your life every single day in the easiest way possible. Only six hours of at-your-own-paced online material stand between you and your future of marine conservation. Make sure you use the link in our bio to get the course at a discounted price for a limited time. We can't wait to hear what you do with this. Welcome to the podcast, Jillian. How are you today? I'm great, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you on today. We had a couple uh, little scheduling issues, but we finally got down together. So I'm really excited to share your story today. Do you want to start out and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a marine biologist, also a shark conservationist and the founder of Sharks for Kids. So really, um, much of my adult life has revolved around sharks working in the science world, working in the media side of things as a photographer and a videographer, and now running Sharks for Kids, having combined the science and and media aspects to create programming for kids. Um, I live on a little island in the Bahamas called Bimini, and uh, there's a lot of sharks there. So again, that's that's why I live there, actually. And really, yeah, just (laughs) spend as much time um, pre-pandemic with these animals as possible. Now it's just a lot of commuter work, but it's all kind of stuff that is moving towards, you know, more education and programming and what we can do in the world we're in right now. That is awesome. So what gave you the idea to start Sharks for Kids and how did you go about starting it? And then I guess, what is Sharks for Kids? Yeah, so um, I had been traveling around the world to study sharks and work on various programs and was diving with them. And so friends that were teachers would say, hey, when you get back, can you uh, come talk to my students? And I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And I realized when I started doing photo and video work that sharing those images with people who had no idea what the ocean was like or you know they were scared of sharks. So they were seeing my images and they were interested and they were enjoying it. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe there's something to this. I have these, I'm visiting schools to talk to kids and I have a few resources, but when I tried to find additional activities or lesson plans or anything to give the teachers to go along with it, I really wasn't finding anything that I was happy with. And this, we're talking 12, 14 years ago. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe I can start creating stuff. And maybe I can create my own programming and kind of thought about that as an idea, but didn't really do anything with it. And then finally, in 2012, after I talked about it for quite a while, um, my husband was just kind of like, why don't you do it? Why don't you create something for students and teachers? And I was like, huh, maybe I will. He's like, well, you've been talking about it a lot. 
And so finally, I, I just decided that that's what I was going to do is create resources for kids and for teachers, because I believe in kids. Kids are amazing. They have a voice much stronger than they realize. They can make an impact far greater than I think they really understand, no matter what age. And so if we can give them the facts and the reality of sharks, and they grow up with that instead of all the misinformation that's out there and this fear that's kind of ingrained in society, then those students are going to want to help the oceans and help sharks. And I really believe in students. So it came together from a belief that if we give kids access to these materials and we make it super easy for teachers to incorporate it, then we're connecting kids to sharks in the oceans no matter where they live. And that was really, really important. So that's really kind of what it came where it came from and how sharks for kids was born I love that and that I love the outlook that you started that with with looking at trying to educate kids and show them like hey sharks aren't scary and there's such cool things you can learn about sharks and they're really cool animals and that kind of outlook that is really awesome yeah and so now it's it's evolved a bit over time we initially started doing classroom visits and providing materials. And we actually launched our website in 2013. So in November, we'll be seven years old, which is exciting. And, and it's been an incredible journey. Wow. Uh, and so we, we had, yeah, it's, it's been, I can't believe it. And it's been, it's been seven years and just where we've, where we are now to when we started. Uh, and cause I recruited my husband, who's a videographer and my best friend who had just finished his PhD on tiger sharks. And and we had all done classroom visits and, and my husband obviously had a ton of video content and does some graphic design. And um, so brought these guys together and said, hey, you're, you're going to do this with me because I think you can create something pretty special. And so we started that journey and realized that we knew nothing about, we're not teachers, we're not business people, we're scientists and media people. So <laughs> it's, it, we learned a lot very, very quickly. Uh, and because we just, we didn't have the money to hire people to do it. So we did it, we did all of it. And yeah, it was a really interesting, um, you know, hard work and lots of challenges, but learned a lot and realized that, okay, along with the curriculum and the classroom visits, we started doing virtual lessons. So virtual is obviously what everyone's doing these days, but we started with it Yeah, and had, had access. Oh, to you virtual were virtual lessons. before it was cool. Oh yeah, we were, we've been virtual since we launched in 2013. So um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did Skype. We were a Skype. We're an education partner with Skype and have traveled over a million miles. I think we're maybe close to a million and a half miles now, um, and virtually to to students in I think it's we're over 60 countries now. And wow. yeah, so yeah, so that was a big part of it. And then obviously going into classrooms when we could. But virtual allows you to travel the world uh, without the expense or challenge of a flight, and you can still connect with kids. So uh, Skype was really what launched us with our virtual programs. And, and then also doing field trips. That's kind of the third part of it. We, we take kids in the Bahamas, especially out to see sharks and to have the opportunities because people go to the Bahamas to swim with sharks, but these students, some of them have never even been on a boat. So we, we provide free opportunities. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So you live on an island, but you've never been on a boat or you've never had the opportunity to go out and see why people spend so much money to come to your island. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's probably my favorite part of the program is, is taking kids to do that. Um, and all of it really just kind of 
um, the end goal is to get kids excited about sharks and to not fear them, but instead to to be advocates for them and use their voice to do that. No matter where they live, no matter how old they are, what their experience is, is they can use all these different aspects of our program to really find their voice. I love that. That is awesome. So do you guys create this whole, like all the curriculum, all the learning opportunities, like the whole kind of quote unquote class, I'm doing uh, air quotes right now, if you can see them, but like all your things, do you guys create that all yourself? Yeah, everything's in-house. So we do work with different educators because again, um, none of us are teachers and they're we know some really amazing people that have trained how to do this and experience and knowledge. And, and one of our teachers is also a marine scientist, so has a lot of uh, experience working with and tagging and studying sharks. So she's been a phenomenal resource uh, to help with that. And a lot of our you know friends, our scientists are also conservationists, divers. So we have an incredible photo library that we're, we're able to access and use, even if it's not um, our own stuff. We have, we have a lot of our own photography and video but we also have networked out and people have been really supportive of helping us to provide updated and um, interesting engaging material for students and yeah it's it's done in-house and it's all free it's on our website anyone can download it use it there's teaching guides activities crafts videos we just wanted to make it as user-friendly as possible and really encourage people to bring this into their classroom, their homeschool group, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Um, you can work with it in kind of all different teaching settings. Oh, I love that. So it's not like a strict class kind of thing. Like it is something that can be brought into all these different environments and shared in such an easy way. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's we set it up because we wanted it to be easy. And it is, you know, a teacher could go through and run it as a unit. Uh, or do parts of it, um, but somebody as well, you know, could use it in supplementing. We could do a virtual lesson, and then they could use that to cover more material along with it and have activities to go along with the virtual lesson um, or your lesson plan. And, yeah, it's pretty flexible what aspects of it you can use. It's, it's really just sort of PowerPoints that have lots of photos, and then there's links to videos, um, crafts, and activities. So even if it was just you just you had a Girl Scout troop meeting or a Boy Scout troop meeting and you wanted the kids to do a quick little lesson about sharks and then do some crafts. It's very, you know, you can use it to do that. It doesn't have to be in a, um, you know, necessarily in the classroom setting. We do have ages on things so that it is used and, and stand, a lot of it's the um, next generation science standards. So standards and requirements to make it easier for teachers and school districts to bring it in because it's approved but it doesn't, it's not limited to that. That's super cool. That, the, how easily accessible that is and how easy that is to share and spread around is so awesome because you're going to be reaching these kids, like so many different people. Do you know how many people have used it? Like any numbers off the top of your head? Um, as far as we don't know, like as far as downloads and things like that, I, I could probably go back in and, and look, but as far as <clears throat> how many people, like students that our team has spoken with either virtually or in person uh, as of 2019. So we haven't calculated for this year, which is going to look a little bit different. Um, but we were at about 100, nearly 130,000 students. Um, wow. Yeah. So and we've we've been in person in 15 different countries. And I think our Skype is, yeah, it's, it's over 60 different countries that 
we've Skyped, like done virtual lessons with, and now obviously using like Google Hangouts or Meet, I guess it's called now, and now Zoom, because the world is Zooming. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we're doing webinars this year as well. Yeah, everyone's on Zoom. Uh, we've launched kind of our webinar series in March, uh, which gives students access to not just our team, but scientists, divers, photographers, artists, conservationists from around the world and a chance to ask them their questions. And then the videos are all on our YouTube channel and we've done over 60 of those as well. And it's, again, it's all free for people to access and covers deep sea sharks, um, like stingrays, manta rays, sawfish, turtles, dolphins. We kind of extended it to marine life in general and just trying to provide okay. another free tool for parents as well who are all of a sudden became teachers and and mm. students and and teachers as well that is first of all amazing that you've reached so many people because if you like you're reaching kids that may never live by or be near the ocean and they're getting to learn about these super cool animals and why they're important to us even if you don't live close to the ocean so you're giving them such a cool opportunity that is absolutely amazing and then the fact that you've extended it into just more marine life also is absolutely phenomenal that is amazing yeah it's really fun and I think kids that live and will never see the ocean they're so important that the, we give them an understanding that what they do the actions they take it affects the ocean and the ocean is actually part of their life, even if they've never seen it. And I think reaching those areas that aren't coastal, it's even more important because they may not, they're not exposed to it. They're not thinking about it every day. They're not getting field trips to go see the ocean and maybe learning about marine debris or things that are affecting the ocean, not just shark conservation, but you know, global issues as well and, and how we're all connected. So I think those students having access to this, it's even more important because we need them to care about the oceans. We need them to care about sharks, even though they don't live anywhere near the water. Yeah, I grew up um, in a pretty small town up on East Coast Canada, right around the Bay of Fundy, Gulf of Maine area. And I didn't realize that not everyone got to see the ocean all the time. And so, like, to me, I took it for granted. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously the ocean's important. That's super cool. And then when I went to university to, like, you know, study the ocean more, I met a couple friends who were from, like, Saskatchewan and Alberta. And they're like, yeah, we've never seen the ocean before. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you don't, you don't see the ocean every day when you wake up? And it just, it's one of those things that it's obvious, but it's like, wait, you couldn't even go for a drive and go see the ocean. Like, how are, how do you not know these things? And then... So it is so important to give those people that aren't around the ocean that intro to education about it or just that, hey, here's why you should care. It's not just something that's far away from you. It's something that has an impact on you every day. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I grew up in Maine and we didn't live right near the water, but we could drive to it. And so, yeah, we were at the, mm. the beach we went to was on the ocean and spent time there. And yeah, you don't think that because when you're younger, especially you don't think that, oh, people don't they don't do this. They don't go and see the ocean. And, and I think you, you don't really process that. And same thing, you meet people um, in my marine bio programs that had never, you know, were from the middle of the U.S. or the middle of Canada and had never, yeah, never seen the ocean. And now 
but still were so passionate and wanting to learn and study it. And I always thought that was really cool and um, amazing that despite not growing up near it, they were pursuing that dream. And I think it just shows you how important accessing and, and reaching those students in those areas really is. Absolutely. When did you know that it was going to be sharks for you? Like you, you seem to be kind of a little bit of a shark girl. So when did you know, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Did you know early on in your life or did you find it a bit later on? I think it, well, it was always ocean animals. I told my parents I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was five. And I think they probably went, Oh, cool. And it'll be something next week different. And it just, it wasn't. (laughs) And, um, we used to go to Florida for my dad's work and I got my first mask and snorkel. I was eight and saw my first nurse shark. And I was just obsessed with all marine life at that point. We saw manatees, we saw dolphins. Uh, I was crawling through tide pools in Maine and excited about snails and, and crabs. So I was just really excited about ocean life in general and then saw the shark and immediately wanted books and looking it up and learning more. And so at that stage, it was just ocean animals in general. The ocean was such an awesome place. And then as I got older and started to learn a little bit more about sharks and started to have my own experiences, um, snorkeling, diving, and realized that my I was you know so excited and wow, I saw these sharks and it was such a cool, I learned to dive and this is amazing. And people's reaction was not the same. They were, aren't you scared? And I still get asked that, like, don't you think you're going to get eaten or isn't it scary? And why do you do that? And so that hasn't changed. But I just realized that, okay, if that's their reaction, but my experience is so different. I want to continue to work with these animals. I want to learn more. I want to focus my energy on that. And then I want to share it with people. So it kind of evolved from marine animals in general to a focus on sharks as I was older, just because I, my experience was so different than what I realized people, other people around me were having, even if they'd never seen a shark. And that just really ignited the passion to, okay, I want to give these animals a voice and how can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost, you said like, even if they haven't seen a shark and it's almost sometimes, especially if they haven't seen a shark, because if you haven't seen a shark, all you're getting is the, your media consumption of sharks, which they're not exactly portrayed as superheroes or great thing, great animals in the media. You're getting a lot of like jaws and like shark attacks and sharks are these evil cunning animals that are going to hurt you on purpose. And then the first time you're in the water around a shark, you're like, wow, I have so much respect for you. You are just this silly little fish who happens to be quite big. And I love it. Yeah, it's, it is. It's amazing. And people have been lucky enough to see adults and students go from being terrified and not wanting to get in the water to, you know, with our student field trips, we have a reef shark site that we can let them get in the water safely um, at a distance, but they can see the animals. And then by the end of, you know, we start out the day with a stingray encounter. It's really shallow on a beach and they can stand there. They don't have to go in, but we kind of let them ease their way in. And then we finish with the reef shark site, which is about five meters. It's, you know, about 15 feet deep. So it's not a, a real deep spot. And we're dragging the students out. We have to be like, all right, guys, your parents are like, we have to go. Like your parents are expecting you. The field trip's over. Like you got to go home and have dinner. Um, and they don't, they, they're so excited. And when you see that happen and you know that now 
they have a story about sharks. They have their own story and they carry that with them and they share that with other people. And I talk to their parents, their teachers, their sisters, their brothers. I see them. Oh, my kid won't stop talking about that shark. And uh, yeah, and it's awesome. I love that. I love hearing parents say, oh my gosh, they won't shut up about sharks. What is going on? And I love that. Keep talking. (laughs) Never stop talking about them. And so it's the same for adults. So seeing sharks really does change your perception. And it's something I hope everybody gets the chance to do because it it would really help sharks tremendously and and it, people lending their voice and their support for these amazing animals oh my goodness yes and you never one of my favorite things about not scientific communication and honestly just spreading the love of the ocean is that you never know who you're inspiring and that little girl you had on one random trip could become the next sylvia earl like she could become this huge ocean advocator like she could save the world herself and it would have been you who inspired her. Yeah. It's, um, the thing that's pretty awesome, which not to the level of Sylvia Earle, but kind of touches upon that. We've had students go through our programs that were afraid of the water and wouldn't go in and now are actually working as dive guides um, at the local <laughs> dive shop. And so they're now taking those tourists out to see these animals and they're talking about them. They're teaching about sharks. And now they're kind of a local voice for the Bahamas, for the oceans there, the ecosystems and the sharks. And we've had a couple of students, uh, a young woman and uh, a boy that, you know, both went through our programs in early high school and now are both working for the dive shop and they love diving with sharks. They're so proud of it. And I'm so proud of them. And yeah, it's, it's amazing to see that they came full circle and now they're teaching other people about these animals. And that to me is, it's a success story. I'm so proud of them that they followed their passion and, and then they're teaching their peers as well as people that are visiting. And so, um, you know, there are, they're doing great things and I'm, yeah, I'm so proud. And that's why I love the field trip programs, especially because I really think it, gives an opportunity to students it's free so it's not based on who can afford it which can be a challenge in the marine science world i think um with certain programs and so yeah it's a free opportunity for these students and hopefully it ignites something which obviously it has that they might not ever have thought possible absolutely would you say that that is one of the most rewarding things about what you do absolutely like and getting to go dive with them and I actually got to do a TV show uh, at the beginning of this year before everything kind of shut down and changed um, (laughs) with one of those students. And he, he had mentioned our program and how I I didn't even know. And he'd done an interview and then they reached out to me to find out a little bit more. And I was tearing up when I was talking to him because I was so proud of him, but also really touched that he chose to talk about that because he didn't have to. And I didn't, I didn't know. I, I knew he'd been in the program, but and I knew he was diving now, but I didn't know how much it meant to him. And then, yeah, to hear his story and um, what he had said and what had what it had done for him was just, yeah, it was really, really moving and um, extremely rewarding. But again, I'm just so proud of these students and what they're doing. Oh, I love that. That must have felt so good. Oh, Yeah, really, really special. And then, yeah, just getting to dive with them now and yeah and just seeing them in their element and seeing how good they are and how they they found their place and 
and they love it and they're they're proud of the work they're doing and they're proud of representing the Bahamas and the shark sanctuary that's there. And, and so, yeah, to just see them really find their place and again, find their voice. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so proud. And it's just amazing to, to now be, you know, diving with them and having that and sharing yeah. that. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. Now, is there anything difficult for you guys? Like it must be hard sometimes to touch on some of the like, there's topics with sh- when it comes to sharks, it can be hard to talk about just because it's so heartbreaking, like with all the um, the shark fishing and shark finning and all that. It must be hard to talk about that so much and have to deal with that and see that. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, when you see social media and we put the positive images and I'm, I'm very lucky, I spend most of my time working with living sharks and showing students living sharks but older students we definitely talk about it we make all students aware of there are threats that they face um but we're not going to show graphic images to a five-year-old um it's it's just you you can make them aware that it's happening and and how to use less plastic and make choices when they go to the grocery store with mom and dad or family member and and so and and just celebrating sharks and not being afraid of them. And then when they get older, we can talk about some of these threats like finning and fishing and, and the different products that they need to be aware of and that um, finning isn't the only threat that's facing these animals. And so we can start talking about some, the graphic reality of what is happening. And yeah, it's hard. Conservation at, with any animal you're working with, the, the reality of it and the, the raw kind of brutal things that you can see and experience. Um, Yeah, it's hard. But I think for me is, again, I'm very lucky because most of my work involves live sharks. But then there is a lot of time spent on computers doing the logistical work and the stuff that's not fun. Um, And, you know, reading about that and staying up to date on on what's happening and regulations and, and laws and you know, CITES and the different programs that are trying to enable better protection for these animals around the world. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen fins drying. I've, I've been to countries where that's happening. I've also seen sharks just killed for meat consumption. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really hard, but I just look at the kids because they inspire me and they give me hope. And I just try and focus on that. And that's what gets you through the really difficult and challenging parts of the conservation work. I love that. You know, at the time it's hard and there's not a, there's some bad things happening, but you're hoping that what you're doing is going to change that. And I think it most definitely is because you're educating so many more people than were before, which is, I cannot tell you how amazing it is. Like it is so cool. It's a lot of fun and I'm really lucky. I, I love what I do and I'm really, it's uh, all aspects of it, even, you know, it's been a lot of computer work the last few months, less um, in the classroom, which I really miss. I didn't realize how much I would miss working with students directly, whether it's an education day or a classroom visit and the virtual stuff's amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back out in the field and back out with students just because it's, yeah, it gives me so much inspiration and so much hope. And I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, what I want to do the rest of my life is running these programs and building this. And um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been an interesting year and I look forward to being able to safely get back to the work that we're doing 
Um, but yeah, it's, I feel really, really lucky to, to absolutely love what I do. You can definitely tell that you love it and that you are good at what you do just based on how much you love it and how passionate you are. So that is, that's amazing. It's so hard sometimes to find people who are this passionate and care this much about what they're doing. So it's really heartwarming to see. Yeah, well, I, I feel, again, I feel lucky and it's something I hope that when I talk to students is if you're passionate about something, you'll find a way to make it work. Even if, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately about women in science and, and people of color in science. And I think it's just really important to remind people that if you're passionate about it, you'll find a way. And then for organizations, uh, you know, like Sharks for Kids to increase these opportunities and be aware of that and, and help people mm-hmm. access and support finding that passion and following it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be science. If whatever you are, and no matter where you're from, I'm from a super tiny town in Maine and I didn't see a lot of women doing what I wanted to do. And that was kind of discouraging, but I didn't let it stop me. And I didn't listen when people said, Oh, you're a woman. Isn't that job for men? Or isn't that that, you know, isn't that mostly men that do that from the science, the diving, the media side of things. I didn't listen and I'm glad I didn't. And so I always tell young women, like, um, or anyone really, it's, it's not just women, but yeah, if you're passionate about something, people are probably going to tell you no, or that it's going to be too hard, or that's not for you. Don't listen, follow your dream and find, you know, find support, find mentors and, and find a way to make it happen. You will just follow that because we need passionate people to be living and breathing the, the things that they love to do, to share their gifts with the world. Really? Absolutely. Do it because you love it, but then also a little bit out of spite for the people that told you you couldn't do it. You know, just be like, you know what? No, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to do it, find a way and surround yourself with people that are going to help support that as well and, and mentor you. And it's it's so important to, to live that passion, whether it's art, dance. I mean, it doesn't matter. Cookie, whatever it is that you want to be able to to wake up and you know love what you do and if you're lucky enough to find that yeah chase it and work hard and you know go after it with everything you have we are water women and we're spending a lot of time in the water so it's important to try and find something that you can wear that makes you feel good about its production and how it makes you feel. Finding one of these can be a little difficult. What's this swimsuit made out of? How is it sourced? Why doesn't it fit me right? And most importantly, why the heck can't I order different sizes for the top and the bottoms? This is why Water Women is so excited to be teaming up with Sisterly Swim to share with you their sustainable swimsuits that you can fit comfortably into. This is a family-owned business from sisters who are passionate about the environment and have developed these amazing swimsuits that come in six, yes, six different sizes. And if you don't feel comfortable in those six different sizes, they'll even do custom sizes for you. Yeah, custom sizes. How awesome is that? Each suit is made from fabrics that are 100% derived from fishing nets and carpet fluff that have reached the end of their usable life. Not only that, the packaging, postcards, and tags that you get are all made of 100% compostable materials. If I haven't convinced you yet, how about this exclusive deal only for Water Women listeners? 
you can get 15% off your entire order when you use the code WATERSISTER15. That's WATERSISTER, one word, one five, for 15% off your entire order at sisterlyswim.com. These are swimsuits that you can feel good about wearing and feel good in. ask this question I always get the same answer but because there's no typical day for anyone but if you had to kind of describe a typical day for you at work what would it be now I I know you're just gonna be like there's no typical day so (laughs) you are correct um I could say like pre-pandemic most of the time it's you know answering emails and doing connecting people for virtual lessons or or working on new content that's a, a lot of it uh, but then usually being out in the field, somehow um, a lot of photography, diving, you know, photographing and filming the sharks to to get new content for Sharks for Kids. Uh, most typical day, I would say. Um, current day is a lot of uh, virtual lessons, planning webinars, connecting teachers with our team because we have a team of volunteers and ambassadors that are also doing lots of these podcasts and webinars. Um, which has been a huge help and kind of sharing their own passions and, and experience with sharks with students. Um, so yeah, currently it's just, it's a lot of computer work and then processing images that, that I've taken and, and, but hopefully getting back into the water and some diving and, and at least that aspect of it soon. And then um, yeah, hopefully returning to school visits and events and activities um, as soon as we can do it safely. Absolutely. I love that there is no typical day ever because I think that's what draws a lot of us to this kind of career field is that you're not just sitting in one spot day after day doing the same things and it's always different and you always get to experience something new. Especially when you actually like when you're in the the days that you're actually in the water, you could go into the water every day and you're not going to see the same thing twice. So it's always going to be a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And I just like to remind, you know, students and people you see Instagram or you see Facebook and you see photos of live sharks and swimming with them. And yeah, I'm really lucky that I get to do that a lot, but it's, it's not every day. And there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to make those days possible. And there's a lot of work that comes from those photos and videos and that experience. And how does that translate into materials we can use and get out there for kids? So um, yeah, it's, I love being on the water. It's my favorite thing. And I'm, again, really lucky to do a lot of it, but it, there's a lot of work that makes it possible. And I think anyone working in that, the field of conservation, marine science, yeah, there's, there's definitely the logistics, looking for funding, um, equipment, planning, um, you know, way more time on computers than probably any of us want to spend. Um, but that's all part of it. And, and it's important for people to realize that that is part of it being in marine science isn't just swimming with these animals. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that is kind of a nasty surprise when you first go into this field is because you're like, oh, I want to, I love the ocean. I want to be in the ocean every day. And then as you're going through it, you're like, hmm, that's going to be a little unattainable. But then you almost fall in love with the work that you're doing when you're not in the water because you can connect it back to the water. Like, I know when I'm analyzing some of my data, I'm like, oh, this data was collected on this boat on this day. And this, these are the animals we saw. These are the specific individuals. And 
you can kind of relate it back to it. So it makes it a little easier to be grinding through that data or to be sending those emails when you can kind of relate it to the water that you were in. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you had to say that you had a favorite shark, I know that's probably a difficult question because we love all sharks, but if you had a favorite shark or if you were a shark, what kind of shark would it be? Um, so for me, I mean, I love all sharks. I think they're awesome. I love that new species are being discovered, but hands down, the great hammerhead is my favorite animal on the planet. Um, get to spend a lot of time diving with them and getting to know their personalities and individual sharks. And they're just incredible. There's nothing else like them to watch them move, to see their behavior and to just be that close to a large marine predator and, and be able to have those encounters is it's remarkable, um, but also pretty sad because they're now a critically endangered species. So you wonder every time you dive with them, or how long am I going to be able to do this? What is happening? And mm. you just want to keep fighting and, and sharing and working towards so that people around the world are going to get these experiences. And, you know, I want my daughter to get to dive with these sharks. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of bittersweet. You love the moment. They're incredible. But in the back of your head, you're going, okay, this is, this animal is in trouble. This species is, and you know, is, is struggling around the world and serious threats. So what can we do? How can this dive become something more than just, this is awesome to swim with these animals. And so it kind of, yeah, it's always a bit bittersweet. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you enjoy doing it, but it kind of also reminds you of the the negative impacts that the whole world is having on these sharks. And yeah, I totally get that for sure. I love that you said hammerhead though, because they are also my favorite. Mind you, I don't, I don't want to say I don't know much about sharks, but I'm obviously not a shark expert. And hammerheads became my favorite when I was about six years old and I was watching the movie Flipper because I was terrified of them. But then I was also so intrigued by the fact that they could be shaped that way. So I was terrified of this uh, shark because of Flipper, but was so interested in it and was like, I think I want to learn more about these. And I remember like going to the library and going up to the library and be like, what can you tell me about hammerheads? Like what? I need to know everything. Because I just think they're so cool. Yeah, no, and I love hearing stories like that. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. And when kids are, are going up and they want to know more and when they're interested and they're not just taking maybe what they saw exactly, but they're saying and wanting to do their own research. And I love that. I also, I remember vividly in the movie, it's like the hammerhead is kind of chasing this boy swimming in the ocean and Flipper the dolphin comes and like headbutts him and like pushes him out of the way or like is beating up the shark. And I remember I would always leave the room for that part of the movie because Obviously, I wanted the boy to be saved, but I didn't want to see the shark get hurt, so I didn't like to watch it. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you do. I think people, even if they're afraid of sharks, there's also a fascination. And that fascination is what you can kind of hook onto and, yeah, get people to start thinking a little bit different or get their interest and, and then slide in some of the facts and the conservation. And because there is that, it, it does exist, even if someone's afraid, I think a part of them is still like, ooh, but what about this? Or, you know, what about that shark? And, and yeah, so I think that that's what we can work with. And that's, 
you know, with kids and adults, but maybe more so with adults, because hopefully we can catch kids before that fear is too far ingrained. Mm, absolutely. Now, if people wanted to get involved with Sharks for Kids, and if they wanted to use some of your uh, curriculum and whatnot, how can they do that? And how can they find you guys? Yeah, so the website is um, sharksforkids.com. And it's it's got a section for teachers, a section for students. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter because anytime we put out new content, we update, we send out a newsletter. Um, yeah, but have a look around. And so it's pretty easy to navigate everything you can download. As far as materials, you can request a virtual lesson on there. Our webinar links are on there for upcoming. Um, all of October is actually our Women in Science, Marine Science Month. So we're featuring all women with a cool panel and, and uh, female scientists from different areas talking about their work, not just with sharks. And it's hosted all by um, female scientists as well. So that's exciting. Um, but you can request a virtual lesson, no matter what format you're using, Skype or Meet or Zoom, we can we can set that up. Um, if you're interested in becoming a volunteer or an ambassador, you can just contact us through the website and let us know. And then we have an application process that we go through and just go through some of the options. We have people that create content for us. We have people that do, you know, add blogs and social media. We have people that are in the classroom or doing events, uh, doing virtual lessons. So if that's something you are interested in and kind of working with students to some capacity, uh, yeah, you can definitely reach out and I can send more information through about how that works. That is awesome. And if people wanted to find Sharks for Kids or you on social media, is there anywhere that they can find you guys? Yeah, so I'm Bimini Shark Girl on um, Twitter and Instagram, and then Sharks for Kids is is Sharks, and it's the number four kids on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and then on Instagram, we're actually at Shark Education, but if you look up Sharks for Kids, it should come up as well, so um, we, we post a lot of fun facts, new curriculum, upcoming um, webinars, events, things like that, fun, cool stories, we do Shark Science Sunday, so yeah, if you're interested in sharky stuff, it, you can check out our pages. Um, and I post a lot of shark and pit bull and now my daughter photos on my page a, a little bit. So um, <laughs> baby mostly shark. sharks. Yeah, baby shark. And uh, but mostly, you know, sharks and sharing facts and information and new research and, and the work that Sharks for Kids is doing as well. So, uh, yeah, check those out if you want to see what we're up to. That is awesome. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for joining me today. It was awesome to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me and to everybody who's listening. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, yeah, it was really great chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Water and Women podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe to it. You can also follow us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at Water Women Pod. You can also find more behind the scenes info on our website, waterwomenpodcast.ca. I am so happy to keep sharing these stories of different water women each week with you. And until next week, stay salty.